Conversation coming up with uh, with Derek Ramsey, uh, A.K.A. Hoosier Card. Uh, what's what's very very interesting about uh, about Derek is is that he has been insanely successful at buying and selling and, and trading cards. And while some people just are hobby purists and they collect, you know, my my journey has been one of buying and selling and collect and he seems to be extremely successful at it. Uh, and I wanted to get two like minds together to have a conversation on how we could both help the hobby grow and help, help as Mike Summer says, pay for the collection that you love. So, Jerry, I really appreciate you taking time to, to spend with you know me and the tribe. Hey, I appreciate it, Brad. I, I really, you know, I followed you for a while and, some of the names that you mentioned, I followed for a while, and I, I just appreciate our conversation. Sure, sure. You know, let's let's start with the hobby, the hobby basics. I mean, let's let's start with the story. Give up the goods. You know, how'd you start? Uh, give us the the eighty story, which which you like to collect, and uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely, absolutely. So I grew up just like everybody else in this hobby. It seems like now, and and collected cards. My best friend growing up, his mom worked at a card store. Um, and so we would go up there and spend our weekends and spend all the allowance that we had buying, you know, just wax pack, the junk pack era and just buying cards, you know, ad nauseum and, you know, completing sets and everything like everybody else got away from it for a while and, and have gotten back in. Um, the first thing I always like to tell people is, is I'm a dad, I'm a husband, you know, that's, that's sometimes one of the things that I think get forgotten in the hobby you know, we have late nights waiting for retail restocks, spending over our budget, you know, making a bet on this star rookie, but I'm a dad first. And so I, I always mm -hmm. like to tell people that, um, you know, and so as we talk today, that's one thing that I like to continue to always be in my focus. Um, but I got back in the hobby like like so many other people did, but I love opening packs of cards. There's, a you know, an economic part of it that we'll talk about, I'm sure, but I even today, you know, ran to a local store and picked up some wrestling cards. I just love opening packs of cards and seeing the art and things like that. And so, you know, I got in a little bit, as you mentioned, Mike Summer, who's, who's been um, from a distance, a little bit of a mentor of mine, you know, just figuring out how I can sustain the hobby um, as well as do some other things, but still also collect cards too. So it's all that stuff. It's all the stuff that we're hearing from just about everybody now. Um, I like to mix in a little bit of collecting with a little bit of side hustle. Um, so that's my story a little bit. Um, I, I, I'm an educator. I'm currently uh, working full time doing the hobby as, as, as a hobby. Um, I'm getting my doctorate right now and I'm the, I'm the dad of three kids. So I, I, I stay pretty busy, um, but just love this as a, as my evening, as my evening gig. Okay, so now here's here's why we really want – here's one of the things that absolutely amazed me. All of that entails 
and yet you tweeted a couple uh, a, a couple mm-hmm. months ago, right? or was it a month ago? Let's see, it was uh, about a month ago. It was a, about a month ago. Yeah, about a month ago. I, I literally, I said November sixteenth. I got to don't let anyone. Uh, this is a quote. This is a direct quote sure. from Twitter. Don't let anyone tell you the grind isn't real. In five months' work, I build enough to earn a house payment each month, selling base and inserts one to two hours a night and still read to my kids. Add a sticker with the contact info, but the, uh, first off, bravo. Bravo and just, I, I'm, in, I'm in awe. I'm in awe because yeah. that's, ins- that's insane. For somebody to, to do that, number one, and then to number two, publicly say it, that you still had time for your kids, that you still had time to do the hobby and that you made enough money to make a house payment consistently. Bravo, dude. That's aces. I I appreciate that. And and I want to caution a little bit as I, if you, if you knew me real well, like you would know that is not, I'm not, a you know, I don't brag about money. That's not the point of that. The point of that is that I'm able to support my family through the hobby but also spend time with my family through the hobby. Um, you know, my kids are, you know, if, if I found that I wasn't spending enough time with them, this would be done tomorrow. And I think we all need to keep that in mind. But it has been something that's allowed us um, to have some more sustainable income through not a ton of hours, but some real grinding a couple of days, you know, every day, a couple hours every night. And, and that's what I enjoy about it, um, as well as building a collection. So what the reason I say that is, it doesn't all have to be big ticket items and national treasures, which is all great stuff. It can be work. It can be effort. It can be the grind. And that's what I love about it. My statement didn't come out as, as well as I intended of reading, still read to my kids and still be a dad yep. and still, still have that family yep. focus because there's so much in the hobby where people get ingratiated. And I did a, I did a podcast on the rat race and, Previously, I've talked about just mm-hmm. getting ultimately over-absorbed into the hobby and, you know, ha- making cards the focus as opposed to family and friends. And yes. as John Newman likes to say, yep. having a life outside of cards. I mean, and, and it just br- – just that to me, that says that you're doing things the right way. And I, I was trying to, to, to highlight – if I didn't do it, I apologize. But that's that was the whole point was just to say – Wow, not only is he hustling, not only is he grinding, but he's spending time with the kids and the family, which is the most important thing. So uh, if it didn't no, come no, across that you, way, then. No, 100%, Brad, you said that. And I, I just wanted to reiterate that. I mean, I think we've all sat at some of the local box stores and seen um, some folks standing there for hours. And I've been guilty of that. But but I, I always keep myself in check and that it's always family first and that I'm doing this for family but it's also an enjoyable hobby, hobby for me. It's an enjoyable way for me um, to build a little bit of income to support my family. And so that's what I dig about it. I, I mean, I love it. I am adamant about it. I've restructured my basement as I'm sitting in here tonight and, and looking at it. And just, it's really a happy place for me. Um, when I get home, as I said, I'm an educator. When I get home, you know, we do the family stuff. I come down here and this is a place for me to just de-stress a little bit. And, and so I, I just love the hobby for that. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into processes because one of the reasons why I wanted to have to have you on and to talk about this because of us both being family men, I wanted to sure. be able to both reiterate how do you structure, how do you how do you 
structure that time to make sure that the kids and everybody's completely involved because we've all, I've told this story before where, you know, my family at any point in time can yell and I'm not going to give the phrase away because everybody will be yelling at me while I'm on a hobby <laughs> hotline, but there's a key phrase that they can say where mm. I automatically stop the hobby and I stop yep. it for an extra amount of time and we have family meetings if I get absorbed. So it, it's that processes of, of working hard, but working, working smart, working hard and working quick that, uh, yep. I'll eventually, that we'll eventually get into, into the meat and potatoes after I ask you, what is your favorite set? What do you like to collect? Oh man, that, that, that is a tough one. I have some really ugly sets from way back when I was a kid. Um, but you know what I collect now is, is in terms of collection, I, I love prospects. Um, I also mm -hmm. coached uh, base, baseball for about 15 years, and oh, then cool. I, I still work um, baseball a little bit um, as another as another kind of side gig. Um, but I really love, you know, just today I was watching video of, of uh, Ryan Mountcastle, Ryan Mountcastle, mm -hmm. and I love watching swings. And I love trying to think: is this a kid that's going to be a, a just a prospect dud or a prospect stud? And that's kind of my. So I do a lot of Bowman collection. I love Bowman. Um, you know, I can't afford some of the prison stuff now, even despite what we're talking about today. But, yeah. but you know, I love I love that stuff. I love uh, I don't know if it's sacrilegious. I love Topps Gallery. I love archives. I love the old That's looking all. stuff. No, come on. Um, let's bring the Topps Gallery. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I love that stuff. And uh, um, so that's what I'm collecting a lot of now. Um so that's kind of my story card wise. You know, my favorite card of all time is the Bo Jackson with the shoulder pads and the bat. I have about six of those sitting around me right now. Um, yes, yes. So just about everything, just about everything. So are you more of a vintage or are you modern or are you ultra modern? You know what? That's a great question. I would say um, collection wise, I love the vintage stuff. You know, my grandfather, mm -hmm. give my shout out to my grandfather, played baseball in the, in the army with Billy Martin. So I have a lot of Billy Martin nice. stuff sitting around here um that kind of stuff you know that's i love to collect the vintage um but i love to buy and look at the beautiful artwork the photographers who don't get enough credit the beautiful artwork and the new work um you know the artists who are doing gallery just all that stuff man i love looking at that so you're a big huge fan of stadium club is what you're saying i i like stadium club i, I do I'm, I'm not embarrassed to admit it you know for for me, I, I think it's there's a lot of beautiful work in there. Shame on you. <laughs> I, and and I, listen, I hear that all the time. It's you know, as I if I go to one of the box stores and buy cards, it's usually the stadium club or gallery or or heritage, you know, that no one else wants. I I love it. I love that yeah. stuff. You're 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 preaching to the choir, as far as I'm concerned, and that's the stuff. I love the art cards. I love gallery. I like. I like the old school yes. feel of heritage. I, yeah. I, I, I like stadium. I've always liked stadium because stadium club because the photographs are just beautiful. They're absolutely, it's just like looking yep. at a ball game on TV. It's the way it should be. So I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I, I can't disagree with you there. And I, I will tell you, I, you know, I, I bought a lot of the upper deck hockey stuff lately just because it is a solid, mm -hmm. solid product. And I, I just, I'm not a hockey fan. I couldn't tell you about five guys in hockey, but I love the looks of the cards, the feel of them. Um, so, yeah. I apologize no. to anybody who's turned off by that, but I love it. Oh, no, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. So 
let's let's talk into let's move, switch into business for a little bit and let's sure. let's, let's put our Absolutely. business hats on uh, because but between you and I both of the things that that you do and I preach is quality and presentation whenever someone receives an envelope and I really really I really believe that when somebody receives an envelope it should look crisp it should look clean when they open it up there should be packaging there should be you know, a, a personalized handwritten thank you note, and then you go one step further and you add your sticker. Talk talk to me about the sticker because I'm thoroughly impressed with that, and I, I'm going to steal that idea. By the way, well, I don't know who's listening to this, but if you've gotten a package from me lately, you might not have because I'm out of stickers, so I Uh-oh. apologize in advance on it. But um, I'm, there's more on the order. So this it's just something different. I always love stickers. I still love stickers. I put them on back coolers and things like that. Um, you know, it's a way for me just to say thank you. It doesn't cost me a ton. Depending on the price of the product that I sell, it doesn't cost a ton. And it's just a way to kind of keep my name out there. So it's two parts, right? It's, it's branding, but also an appreciative way to say just, hey, thanks for your purchase. So um that's why I kind of got into this game. I got those um, from someone on an order I placed one time, and I just thought, what a great idea that is. So I have to be honest, I stole it from somebody, but but I think it's a great way to kind of promote your business as well as you know just tell people thank you. I hope you come back. Yeah, I did. I did steal the stamp idea, and and I got mm-hmm. a stamp of a thank you stamp with the mm-hmm. with my email on it, and and. Uh, there's a third line. I can't remember what the third line is off the top of my head, but it's got mm-hmm. it's got Texas card dude, it's got thank you, and it's got <clears> email <throat> on it is what it's yep. got so that people so anybody can reach out to me at any time. So I, I, I yep. followed that. I got the stamp for the outside of the card to look a little bit more professional. Um, yep. And then the next step is, is, is the sticker. And I just – I cannot stress to you, Tribe, as much as the presentation of, of when the card arrives because – that matters, and I cannot tell you how many messages. I mean, you. I mean, I'll let you, you reiterate. I cannot tell you how many people have replied back to me and said, "Wow, I really like the way you package cards. I really appreciated the thank you. It's not done a lot. You're getting the same thing, aren't you?" A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I will give it. You know, we, I've shouted them out a couple of times. Mike Summer has a great presentation on how to do PWE. You know, I have followed mm-hmm. that um, with some. With some a little bit of modification, you know, I, I I'll be honest, I don't always put cardboard in it. it just depends what's shipping, right? But it comes clean, it comes clear, crisp. You know, we don't use the scotch tape. You know, I try to make it a product that is going to get there safely. But when they open it, it's a little bit of that presentation. The bubble mailer as well. You know, I spent a little bit of money on purchasing 500 bubble mailers. You know, those are my color. There's a little bit of presentation when I pack the stuff. I try to do it well. You know, safe as well as when they open it, they just I'm not going to say anybody's going to wow themselves with what the what it looks like inside, but they're going to say this is a safe, secure place to buy cars. I'm going to do that again. Yeah, again, presentation, making sure that when the when the card arrives, that number one, it's safe, that it's not yep. bent, that it's not damaged. Yep. Please, 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 please stop using Scotch tape. Oh my gosh, buy a roll of three dollar blue tape at Walmart, a painter's tape at Walmart, please. Because well, let me I've, go. Let me let me go a step further, Brad. It doesn't even have to be three dollar painter tape. Buy three dollar packs of just brown scotch tape. You know the cheapy brown works scotch well, tape yeah. works, works perfect. Yeah, no, I I I went I did completely forgot about that. I I went out and bought like two 
four months ago, I bought two rolls of painter's tape, and I haven't even gone through a quarter of the first roll. So it's a nominal mm-hmm. ad yep. to be able to do it. But if you're if you're on a budget, sure, go get the the the, the masking tape. Yep. Not, just stop using this. Just please stop using the other tape. Uh, but that's, yeah, you know, absolutely that, right. we go to that, absolutely. that presentation is so, so important. And then I guess let's mm-hmm. flip into, uh, or is there anything else that you want to say about presentation? No, I, I no, I don't. I, I think you covered it. I, I think it's just do it well. You know, I, I still get cards from people who just tape the card into the inside of the envelope. It's just a piece of paper. You can get 500 sheets of plain white paper for a couple bucks. You know, just, just do it well. Yeah, I, 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 I'll, we'll segue into that. We'll go into sport lots. So I will print, mm-hmm. of course, the invoice of sport lots. I'll yep. take the, the. I've, I've now followed into the way of cutting the, the, the person's name and leg because my handwriting's not the greatest in the world, and taking that and taping it to the, to the front of the envelope, on the back of the envelope. Please do not bend. Yada yada yada, and then. You know, then we go into the 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 Mike Mike Summer school of thought. <laughs> From there on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yep. I I I'll let you you after after I get done. But I write again, personal hand note. Thank you very much. Um, I got my stamp, stamp it up top just like you do, and then after that, the packaging of the cards. Uh, I'm like you. I've got the um, the the cardboard seems to take unnecessary. When building a team bag, if you get into the ten to twelve to fourteen right. cards, it, it becomes a little cumbersome to to do. But then, if I'm going into like two to five cards, I'll let you listen to Mike Summers' deal on on how to do it. But mm-hmm. it, really, it's presentation and making it secure. And I've even gone so far as is, is blue taping the cards to the paper, the cards to mm-hmm. each other, and then. Yep blue taping the edges so that when it comes so it stays secure right what are, what are you doing now to kind of is that next level you know it's funny you mentioned that i actually tried to look at how i was receiving cards what did i like about what mm-hmm. people were sending to me and so when i do anything over one card it's you know it's penny sleeve top loader on one of the cards penny sleeves on each individual card after that and then in a team bag and then, so I tape the team bag in three areas. One, I fold the bottom. This is kind of hard. I may be doing too visual here. I fold the bottom inch of the white sheet, mm-hmm. put it in that little slot, tape it to that slot in a couple different places, and then fold it, tri-fold it, and then I place it in. And I found that that really keeps the cards pretty secure. And then when you have anything over five, when you get the six to ten cards, you now have two rows or two columns, I guess you could say. Right. And those keep themselves secure as well. And so that's kind of how I do it. Um, and then I, I always make sure I actually use packing tape to close the outside of the envelope. Um, okay. Because as nice as it is to be able to rip off the strip and hold it, I'm not sure that always holds it. And I think that also probably keeps it from whenever it runs through a machine or non-machinable, keeps those edges from falling. So that's one extra step that I take. Okay, so I I forgot my step. I I I use um, scotch tape if it's if it's a smaller if it's like you know four yeah. or five cards I'll use scotch tape. But yes, if you get into that ten or twelve, I will use the the packing tape on the back. I just 
I think it holds better when it goes through the mailer. It, it comes across right. crisper whenever it lands. So again, it, yep. it's about presentation and making sure that you, that the customer feels or, the, or whoever the end user feels is a little bit more. Hey, this guy took some care. He take he he actually cares about the cards that are coming across and the memory that, that 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 entails. So no, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So again, that's that's part of presentation. This is the part that interest that will interest and fascinate me the most, and that's your process. Because mm-hmm. when when I first started, I hit a certain dollar amount in sport lots, and I added photos. And since then, I've kind of backed off on the photo of adding photos in the sport lots, and I think mm-hmm. I did myself a disservice. Uh, by doing that. So, you know, moving forward between January, I'm going to start adding pictures to cards again. Um, But I only do it to a certain level, like a, like a dollar 50 or $2 or something like that. I'm seeing people Mm -hmm. that on an 18 cent card will put a photo up. So I, I, I've got my process down pretty, pretty quick of being able to put in 18 cent cards very, very easily without putting in, putting in photos, putting in sets. Uh, I highly recommend putting in cards together within each particular set, each particular mm-hmm. year. It makes it much, much easier. Um, but mm-hmm. the process and the speed takes so long with sport lots. It's very, very cumbersome. And what are you doing within that two-hour time frame to shorten th- that pain of putting in fo- – do you put in photos with every – let's start – you put a photo in for every single card. That's a great question. I will tell you, I started that, and and I don't, you know, shout out to Sport Lots. What a great resource that is um, yes. for collectors, for set builders, and for also for sellers. So big shout out to them. I will tell you, I started putting pictures in when I started, and I did it for this sole purpose, Brad. I put it in because it instantly made my card shoot to the top. So mm-hmm. when you're looking for a 2020 Mike Trout Top Series one. There are about 400 or 1,000. I have no idea how many there are. I, when I started Sport Life, I was not rated. And so my cards were at the bottom. So I put every picture of every single card in, and instantly my card shot to the top. I have not done that a lot recently um, because I was um, – I have been a rated seller on there, and so my cards are closer to the top. Now, I will tell you, I like to put – pictures on cards that are a little bit more expensive because I think that's fair for the buyer. You know, I was shopping mm-hmm. today for some um, optic rated rookie basketball players and I couldn't see the card. It really makes me cautious to buy, to buy that card because I don't know what it looks like. And so yeah. for the more expensive cards, I do put the, I do put pictures up. No, I'm sorry, Brad. And I, I tell you, I bought a, um, a card scanner you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. give any shout outs to any brands on here, but it's a Fujitsu and I can set my cards through there and I can just run them through all at once. And so it saves front and back um, to somewhere on my Google drive or on my, on my computer's hard drive. And so to run 200 pick cards through there, it takes maybe five minutes front and back pictures. Holy cow. Which is really, are you kidding? Which me? is really, really nice. No, that's really nice. The picture quality isn't high def, but it's good enough to be able to tell what the card looks like. Yeah, here's the caveat to that, though. I will tell you is I don't run any prism or anything that was, you know, kind of that shiny because it will make yeah. lines on those cards. So I don't run those. But, you know, Series 1, Series 2 update, those type of cards with that kind of 
yeah, the um, non-chrome, the non-chrome car. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah. Wow, that's I didn't even know that existed. That's the first thing I'm doing tomorrow morning is looking for a car <laughs> scanner. Yeah, that's really really nice. That that saves a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. And you're just now I don't like dumping that into. No, yeah, no, I do. I just dump those. Those are for the sets. I don't use that when I'm posting on eBay or or any of the other sites. That that's solely just for stock. You know, a lot of images, bulk images. Yeah, because if you're just doing the, like you can put more than one picture on Sportlight. So if you're just running like a uh, uh, what do you want to call it a, a set, let's just do Series One Twenty Twenty that's about to come out, and it's got a ton of rookie cards. You know, you build yourself a set. And you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, well, probably you probably want to do hundred, but if you do fifty cards at a time, each run, and then you drop yep. that that set on the Sportlights, then you say, yep. okay, well, here's all the rookies. Then it becomes really easy to, mm-hmm. to have us two, three, four tabs open and just bang it out that way. So that, yeah, I could see where that that would be very, very a lot more efficient than what I'm doing, taking pictures through a through a, through a camera and then dropping it in. So I, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yep, that, that saved a lot of time, and that's you know go back to what we talked about at the beginning. It's about how do you save time, right? And so I've you know that having a couple I have. You know, two different label makers here, so that makes shipping a lot more quick. It's it's how can I spend as less as little amount of time as possible to do the same job and the same quality of job. And so that's the ways that I've looked to improve as I've gone on. Um, you know, a million people have said it, but the organization is the most important part. Where are the cards stored at? Are they stored securely, but also easily accessible? So that's been a big process too. Yeah. So do you do you use is everything stored in Monster Box, or how are you storing it? They are. Just as, okay. uh, so I store. So I store all of my sets in Monster Boxes, and then I've recently purchased from one of the hardware stores um, nine of the big screw cabinets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they come in groups of nine, so nine times nine, eighty-one. So like, so then I label those Basketball A, Basketball B, Basketball C. So when I make an eBay sale. I know exactly where to go. I'm not sorting through, you know, 2,000 cards. Um, I can go directly just to the basketball A and maybe look through 10 or 15 cards to find, you know, whatever I'm looking for. No, that's it's extremely – and the bins, I'm sure, help a lot whenever you're, mm-hmm. you're putting in sets. and It takes maybe another, what, one or two seconds or 15 seconds yep. tops to put in – 1A, 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 1A. I mean, yeah, it's time-consuming yep. and it's a pain in the butt, but when you get that order, it sure makes it a lot easier to, to go find that card. Yep. 100%. A- anything else I can that we haven't covered on Sport Lots that you can think? Nope, nope. Big shout-out to Sport Lots. They do a really nice job. I really like I really like um, what they yes, do. Yes. I will tell you, I, I do zero, zero, buy, or zero box payments. So, mm-hmm. or zero box shipping fees. So if you buy from me and you ship it to sport lots, it costs folks nothing. That's really increased my number of shipments. Um, so, so let's, that's let's, the other let's thing talk about that. Let's, let's talk about that because I'm, I'm of a different, different mindset. Sure. Uh, tell me. At, at first I was, I was completely zero, zero boxing across or zero across the board. And all the mm-hmm. way down. If it went box, it was free shipping. And if it was one, if it was, 
uh, uh, to them, then you know you start to 55, 25, whatever, whatever on the other side to a person. And what I was getting was a ton of 18 cent single cards yep. going to the box. And on that, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's be, I mean, uh, tribe, I'll un- uncover it. I'll, I'll lift the kimono here a little bit. I was losing anywhere from hmm. 25 to 40 cents per, it was costing me money to send an 18 cent card. And that was 90% of what I was sending to the box. And mm-hmm. I got, I got tired of it. I got tired of, of losing and paying people to take my cards. So sure. I then put on, and it's, it's, it is, um, I think it's 50, no, it's 65 cents, which is the, 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 the envelope cost and the stamp cost. I didn't even include the sticker, the, the, the penny sleeve or nothing like that. It's basically what it costs for the envelope, what it costs for the stamp. If you're going to buy a single card for me and send it to to box, then you're going to pay for, pay for the shipping because I, I, I literally, I got tired of it and the, it, it, it has uh, truth be told again, I'm, it has affected my, my sport lot sales, but my profitability on sport lots is increased. So what, what are your thoughts around the, the charging for and not charging for? No, I think that's a good point. And I have, I have every month probably eight to 10, maybe 12 one card shipments that, that I do lose on. The thing that I have found though, is that I just, that the sheer amount of other cards that I sell kind of over, um, overcome that feed. Now I will tell you, I don't ship um, individual orders. So I'm shipping anytime to sport lots per week, 15, 20, 30 orders to sport lots at a time. So that's a flat kind of a, I'm not putting individual stamps on an envelope. You know, I'm paying three fifty or eight dollars for priority based on the weight mm-hmm. of total cards. So that so that eighteen cent card, I'm not losing twenty five cents. I'm maybe losing ten cents on on the top loader, although I have a bunch of old top loaders and right. um, you know, maybe a couple couple for the percentage of the fee the fee percentage. Um but I'm not losing I'm not losing money on it. Let me say it that way. Okay. All right. Well, then maybe that's the big difference is whenever I get an order, I can, I do each order individually and I can see where if you're bulking them, that would help mm-hmm. soften the cost. And then if you're doing an overall off five orders that you're sending to sport lots, then the the average becomes a more positive number. I could, I could see that because you're taking out the, the 55 cent stamp, which is ultimately the most yes. expensive part. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Okay, now so I, I just was counting to, I've, I've only done about 20, actually 28, I think it is box payments this month. So my numbers are down on there. I've not posted a lot of new stuff, but, but that's overcoming the cost of each stand. Okay. All right. Well, and that's fair. That's fair. We're different, different approaches, which is why, why, why we really wanted to talk. I really wanted 100%. to talk. Uh, so, so let's talk about let's let's we'll stick to we'll skip the big bad you know eight hundred pound gorillas. So do you how much do you do of Com C? I do not do enough. I was actually on there today um, buying some uh, some guys I think might be underrated a little bit, but I am not on there as much as I as I could be. I know I know 
Others use it and love it. I, I have not been great there. I think I, you know, I bought a, I bought probably 40, 40 AJ Puck cards at the beginning of the year on there because I thought he was going <laughs> to yeah. be big this year. And, and so I've slapped myself in the wrist a little bit, but um, I don't spend enough time on there as, as other people do. Are you, are you spending a lot of time on there? So I was about to go completely out. Truth be told, I was about, because I, it's not so much that I can't figure it out. It's, I didn't have the time. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. and it's an art, Tom C is an art form. Tom C, Tom mm-hmm. C is an absolute art, art form. But I sent mm-hmm. it about, I spent, sent in the minimum, I sent in about 28 uh, cards. And then they're now posted up there. And what I'm noticing is you kind of have to buy and sell and follow the hot trends, which mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm, I, I, it's not that I don't want, I just don't want to, I want to, I want to, that's not my lane. So for me, yep. it's okay. How much can I sell my card for adding on the, the, the cost of, of shipping and the cost of, and try to be aware that you have to put in your cost of shipping and you have to put in what the 50 to 75% processing fee. So if you're trying to put in 10 cent cards onto Sport lots or on to uh, Com C, you're gonna lose money straight off the bat. So you need to think of that as part of your profitability. But then if you put in like the the two dollar card to to Com C, then then it becomes a little bit more of a profitability type type of scenario. Then you come into what if a player gets damaged or gets injured or what if, you know, then you got the trends of there up, but at least, you know, you're sending in a card that covers the cost. And then beyond that, you, you know, whatever that is, is, is profit. Finding players on sport lots or finding cards and players on sport lots that increase in value. No, I've not done it. <laughs> I've not been very successful with it. And you, yeah. I'll, I'll give you my big one. It's Alvin Smith. At the beginning yeah. of the year, I thought Alden Smith was going to be like a great, big, huge Cowboys defensive line player. So I mm-hmm. bought a bunch of, I think it was like four cents for Alden Smith. Mm-hmm. And he's just not selling because the Cowboys are, are poo-poo. So I may have to, mm-hmm. I may have to pull those off and wait, and wait a little bit. So I took a, I, I took a bath on Alden Smith cards. <laughs> Well, you, you said it right a minute ago. Is, is, that's not your lane, and, and that's not my lane either. To me, ComC is a wonderful resource. You can find all kinds of cards on it. I love it. But it's a lot like day trading if you want to take the route that you are. I just simply yeah. don't have time for that. And, and my, my view, and it goes back to kind of my, my experience uh, baseball scouting, is I'm looking long term. What are some guys, long and short term, but what are some guys that I think are going to pay off, pay dividends down the road, not who's hot for a moment? Those guys come and go, and people are making a fortune off those. But I really take more of the, you know, you you look at baseball has a little bit of baseball cards, sports cards have a little bit of a of a gambling venture, and I, I hate to say mm-hmm. that that's got kind of a negative connotation. But I think if you look at who those most successful gamblers are, the people who stay successful, they know three things: they know and they study their game, they know how to play poker, they know who's going to be good in baseball. They also are, they work slow, not fast. You know, how can right. I make continuous income and grow continuously rather than hope I hit or hope I buy, um, 
you know, Daniel Jones rookies to 10 and think that that's going to go up. So it's slowing out fast. And then they know their bankroll. They know how much they can spend. And I think that's kind of the approach that I take is what can I spend in order to make profit? If I went out today, I could buy a National Treasures box, but that's not oh, yeah. going to accomplish what I'm trying to do. Um, I'm trying to build slowly and build continuously. And so I think knowing those three things help us. ComC does really, really well. You can actually do those three things on ComC. I just don't have the time in my day to devote um, to the to the trends of players. And now, and then I'll add on to that because I was listening to Brian Gray earlier, and Brian and Mike earlier today on Mike Summers uh, podcast. And Brian said, you know, and, and know your lane. He is a great singles and doubles hitter, and he will do that all day long and twice on Sunday and make a make a ton of money at it. So. Know yep. your lane yep. and know where you want to go. Um, yep. With Com with Com C, I think there is a way truly to make money. I mean, even even guys that we know, John Newman, Mike Summer, uh, Drew. Mm-hmm. There, there's guys all in the hobby that make that make money out of it. It's, it's what do you want to do within, or how do you want to make this lane work for you? So, hundred uh, percent. That's 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 Com C. Now let's go to the big hundred thousand pound elephant in eBay. Sure. Um, sure. I can tell you right now, uh, my my steam and my my, for lack of a better phrase, business hobby, whatever you want to call it, has switched to eBay, and mm-hmm. uh, I I have made a lot of sales <laughs> on eBay versus any other vertical right now, and maybe mm-hmm. it's because I, I figured it out. I figured out what works best for me and what cards sell best for me on there. Uh, and mm-hmm. I'm buying one dollar, two dollar um, uh, inserts, and I'm flipping them for five to ten to fifteen to to thirty dollars all day long on eBay. And that's where that's yep. where. The, but again, yep. it goes to quality of pictures. It goes to making sure your keywords are right, making sure your comps are right, making sure that that um, that. Uh, you, all the information is there, making sure you know, okay, this is the way it ships, and this is this is the card, this is the condition. Make sure the photos are great. Um, but that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing on on eBay. What about you? Yeah, hundred percent. I have switched. I will say my business has moved probably um, thirty to forty percent eBay to probably ninety to ninety five percent now. I, I have. Um, I have really bought in. I've I've found a niche in it that I have been really successful through the variation listings. That goes back to the grinding. It takes me to do variation listing of, you know, 200, 250 cards. It takes me a good two, three, four hours to do that. But once it's up, it's an Amazon marketplace. It's an eBay marketplace. It is 24-7 available to anybody around the world. And that's what I appreciate about it. You know, I'll go to bed with all my sales cleared out, wake up, have seven sales from the middle of the night. That's what I love about it. That's true with sport lots and everywhere too. Um, but just the reach of eBay is really, I think really shown its worth. Well, and the ability to go global and the ability to, yep. I've got a card, I've got a, a uh, Kobe Bryant uh, <clears throat> Panini threads box card that, that I've got out there that's global. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping that that sells internationally because it'll be the first time that I get to do that. Uh, there's mm-hmm. the ability to easily tweet out what you have and also yep. put that once you build your Facebook marketplace up, 
to to mm-hmm. send that out. So there is there is a lot of positives with eBay and a lot of building up your store. And we know guys. I mean, look at look at one million card uh, Cubs card. Look yep. at Bo. Bo's extremely yep. successful at it. So it, mm-hmm. you can make it. You can make a ton of money on it. But let's yeah, talk about, it. about the. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go, go. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna flip it and go. Okay, let's talk about what everybody's groaning about right now, which is managed payments. And I, I think I found out why everybody's groaning. But I, you know, I'm gonna throw my opinion out here, and you tell me your two cents, and let's let's share with the tribe what's, what I, what we feel. I think what everybody did is they drained their PayPal accounts, and they they they're living off, for lack of a better phrase, paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. And or card after card after card, if we want to relate it into cards, and they're having problems with eBay holding their money for two days, and they don't have any money for shipping. So they, you know, now you've got their cards, and you you got to send out your cards. You have to wait three to four days for the payment to clear, so that they can, so that eBay can pay you. But then turn around, and you have no way to be able to ship it, or you're shipping in in a negative cash flow. Because you let your PayPal initially drain out. What do, what do you think? So let me let me approach it this way. I have okay. zero issues with managed payments. I was a PayPal user either. like everybody else was. I and and there may be something I'm missing. I've had zero issue using it and no and no concerns about it. I do weekly payouts, not daily payouts. So it comes once a week. I know when it comes. Um, one of the, this is, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not any of those things. And so I can't give anybody advice, but I've created right. an account that's made solely for ball cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so that money goes into there. I keep a balance in there. I don't exhaust that balance. Um, that balance is used to, to pay for shipping. Um, managed payments actually comes, the shipping though comes right out of my managed payments. So if I have a balance in my managed payments, um, the shipping fees come straight out of there because I use eBay shipping. I save mm-hmm. the 15%, 20% on shipping. I I don't, and I'll, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't understand what the concern is there. I think it's a lot like the concern of eBay, you know, taking fees out. Well, of course they take fees out. It's a business and they're they're supporting my, my business. So they're going to take fees out. Managed payments is the same. They've got to make sure that secure the payment, that you ship it right that you do everything right before you get paid. I don't have any issue with it. I, I, I've had zero run-ins with, with it. No, and quite honestly, I'll add on to that because I didn't like having a, a quote-unquote payable balance out there that I had to pay on the 15th of every month, and yeah. then I got a budget for that particular number. Well, if you're, if you're running extremely mm-hmm. lean for a particular week or for a particular month because of your sales – and you're having to pay for sales for last month, you're, you're running yourself in trouble. So now with the pay, with mm-hmm. eBay taking that out automatically, you don't have to worry about that. So I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful I'm on managed payments. Yeah. And refunds as well, Brad, I, you know, I, I hate to ever yes. have to send a refund, but I, but I'm always, I don't know, business acumen. I, I try to be honest. There's times mm-hmm. I mess up or a card's gone missing. The refund comes right off the managed payments. And so yeah. I don't have to worry about making sure there's capital in there and then them holding my account or anything like that. So, and there's a, it's a really, I mean, I see it, I've, I've seen it because I've had to have a refund in the past 24 hours. I've, I've seen the button mm-hmm. 
to be able to do the refund. So it's very, very easy, yep. easy to do now, as opposed to all the rigmarole you had to go for, through before. So it's all in one place. I, yep, it's all in one yeah. place. Yeah, it's just making sure your keywords are correct, making sure your mm -hmm. pictures are, are nice and clean, making sure that your words are, are, are true and are accurate, making sure that you know that, that um, how you're going to ship. Make sure, please mm -hmm. make sure you do that so that that way people can know that it's coming in either a bubble mailer or a PWE. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how – have you heard more on how this PWE is supposed to work with, with, with uh, eBay? No, and I, I tweeted at, at, at Mike Summer because I know he put out a post about it. I, I was watching the um, sports card investor interview. Um, I'm, I'm equal parts excited about that because I think having the ability to track my PWEs, especially this time of year during Christmas when everything's backed up, um, mm -hmm. that'll save the, the seller a little bit. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, I'm a little bit um, not, not nervous or cautious, but that, that's going to open up that world to so many other people. And I think the people who do PWE right have really been able to get a lot more sales recently. So that's going to open up. Um, to a lot more people doing PWE, but I'm all for people, you know, making money out of out of the hobby who want to um, and getting cards safely. So I think it'll be a good thing. I don't know a whole lot about it, um, and so yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious how that my, works. Yeah, my only biggest concern is how are you printing the stamp? How are you printing that? And how and how much paper or how much how much stickers or, or paper or printing? That's my only concern. Is until I until I learn that. That's going. That's mm -hmm. going to be a continued, like, how do you? How is that going to work? But other than that, I mean, I'm all for tracking PWEs. I'm all, I'm, I'm 100 percent for it. I had a an issue, uh, and it wasn't an issue. I, I had a a gentleman that it was his first one or two purchases off off of eBay. Uh, he bought a, a Robert from me, and uh, he was really really excited to get this Robert. Well. When I sent it to the post office, the post office, instead of, of scanning it accepted, scanned it delivered. So mm. it took a little a little longer for it to for them to find the, to to change it to get to him, and he was just a little bit anxious. Completely, totally mm. understanding a new eBay guy mm -hmm. being completely, yep. you know, I would be too. You know, and it wasn't a cheap purchase. It was a thirty to forty dollar purchase on this Robert, and it went as in the in the heyday. So, no, I, I completely understand. But that ability to do that for that dollar card, or that dollar rookie mm -hmm. card, or that dollar prospect yep. card that, that that could be a PSA ten, I yeah, I, I, I I'm all for it. I'm one hundred percent for it. Well, I, I, and, yeah. and I think that's that's the crux of what I think you and I talked about in the past is that's where I make a lot of my sales at the one, two, uh -huh. $3 cards. You know, I've, I've got in front of me a Raphael Devers stadium club base card. It will there sell. You go, brother. I'm, I'm going to post it at 99 cent auction or, you know, 99 cent with a little bit of shipping on it or $1.65 free shipping. It'll sell. And so that doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm making probably right now, 30 to 40 PWEA sales, PWE sales per day, you know, at one, two, three, four dollars, you know, that money adds up. And so that's how we get into what I'm doing. Now, I also sell other higher dollar cards that are worth right. more. Um, but 
you know, I, you know, I go, I went to the big box store today. I picked up some 2020 tops finest WWE wrestling cards. I don't know a darn thing now about wrestling, deep. but I, now you're going deep. I don't know. I don't know a darn thing about wrestling, but I know that those cards sell and that there's consumers out there who want those cards. And so if I can be that supplier because they're not available at stores for those folks, you know, at one or two or three dollars, you know, they're getting the card they want. I make a little bit of money off of it. I think it's all good. Now, see, you just moved into the next segue of the conversation, which was which was variations throughout your throughout selling and throughout your collection. And we moved more into from sure. a collecting standpoint, from a seller standpoint. But that's okay. I like I love where this conversation is going because the, I'm a firm believer of you need variation within your sales or even your collection or if you're trying to build. And people are complaining, mm-hmm. oh, well, there's no boxes on this shelf. Oh, well, there's no boxes on their shelf. There's stuff on the shelf. There's there's mm-hmm. wrestling. I understand. There's there's yep. there's the Walking Dead. There's yep. there's there's boxes out there that you can that you can buy, sell, collect, flip, whatever you want to do. There's there's marketplaces out there for people that want cards. It's do you have the tenacity or do you have the ability to think outside of the box? And go, well, you know what? This this box that's sitting on the shelf that's nineteen ninety nine. How do I take that and then go find mm-hmm. the 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 twenty dollar card that I want and be able to sure. turn that into being able? I think that's the the hardest part for people in our hobby right now, hobby right now to think about is expand. Don't go in with yep. with blinders. And it vary yep. vary what you have on on sport lots. Vary what you have, because you never know what someone's gonna buy. Shoot, somebody bought for me a nineteen eighty six Leaf Bob Horner uh, Braves card last night, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even remember having this card. <laughs> That's the best part. That's the best part of sport lots is that I sell cards of things that I'm like, who is buying that car? But but somebody is. And I think making that available to them. I will tell you too, you know, the retail world right now, there's a really ugly name to it, or there's people that have a bad view of it. You know, I do not know a route of the people. I have a store that I go to in my hometown. If they've got cards when I'm there, great. If they don't, that's fine too. Um, but I think because I'm not following a circuit, like some individuals are into each their own, I'm not putting anybody down. You do, I you don't do. expect. I don't expect to get the prism. If mm-hmm. I get it, great. I don't expect to get it. That's why I've been successful buying wrestling and Topps Gallery and Archives and Stadium Club. And there is absolute, and that was the whole point of my post. There's absolutely a market for that if you're willing to do the work. But well, you can't. You can't do the. You can't get paid if you're not willing to do the work. So. Well, let's preach. I'll preach it even further about this one. So everybody's screaming about a football prism right now. Okay. And, and I can't grab football prism. Let's, let's take yep. this to the nth degree. Okay. So I take a box of, let's take, okay. Let's take a box of wrestling. Okay. $20. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's walk through yep. this math. I, this is the part that I really, I'm really excited to talk with you about because you and I have of the like minds of this. Let's take this mm-hmm. $20 box of, of, cards that nobody in the area wanted and it's been sitting there for the, the wrestling. Okay. You take that and you drop that onto sport lots. There's an insert in there. That's probably worth a dollar. Okay. Yep. 
So we we've got a we've made our profit from from one from like what five cents to a dollar. Okay, I can find on this. I'm gonna. This is probably good. I'm probably gonna get in trouble for this later on down the road, but that's only because I'm I'm sharing my process. And you can tell the passion that's coming out of me right now. You take that one dollar and you buy a one dollar Prism Basketball Draft rookie card. Mm-hmm. Because it's so unknown of who these these players are right now, or you go take it and you buy one dollar Prism, twenty twenty Prism baseball that's already that's that's been out for a while, one dollar of something else that has the potential to, you can turn that into let's just say ten bucks, okay? Mm-hmm. So we've gone from five bucks to one bucks to a dollar to ten dollars, so. That three-step process, you took $20, you got half your money now, plus all the other cards that are in in there. So now you're Mm -hmm. taking a pathway to be able to go buy at least another single card that's 10 that might might be worth 20, or take that card and drop it into PSA and send send that off to PSA or Beckett or whoever. So the ability to be able to buy the Prism football is just the longer path of working your way towards it and grinding, not just going in and saying, oh, well, there's no prison football on the shelf. Well, of course there's no prison football on the shelf. The guys that are there, they're standing there for five and a half, six hours trying to trying to fight each other for that. I'm sorry, but my mm-hmm. time is a little bit more valuable than that. And I'll shut up and I'll let you rant about that. No, I think you're right. It goes back to what we talk about. You know, we've talked about this whole episode is is spending time with my family. Now, again, I may take a divert if I pass one of the big box stores and it's right there and, it's you know, I'm going somewhere else. I may just pop in just real quick to see if anything's there. But when you don't expect big things, you're not dissatisfied when you get the small things. I have absolutely killed it with Top Gallery this year. Absolutely killed it. Collection wise, as well as, you know, profitability wise, because it's a cheap product that nobody wants. You know, another example of that is Update, Tops Update. Not my favorite product, but has great cards inside of it. And so, you know, if you do it right, if you know the business a little bit, you know what you should buy, you know, what's selling, what should I look for, you do well. You know, I bought a bunch of, or two boxes of WNBA basketball the other day. Again, a world that I don't know. But because not a lot of people buy them, there's a market for them. It's the whole buy, you know, selling demand thing, buying demand or whatever that is. You know, that stuff is available because no one's buying it. Well, then I'll buy it. And I'll just replace, I'll just fill that hole for people. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know, Jim Beckett says it very, very well. He says that every card has a home and I'm going to add yes. on that that home may not be mine, but it could be yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. And, and again, I, I love to collect cards. I, you know, even if I just broke even, being able to mm-hmm. open cards and look at the artwork on them is a lot for me. I love that. And I think if you don't love that, if you don't like cards, it's a weird business to be in for you. But to be able to make a little bit of money off something that I love is, is, is really, really has been nice for my family. No, no. And that's, you know, that, that's a great wrap up. I, I, we've got, we've talked about a bunch and I knew, I knew when we started this that it was going to go this route and we were going to have this great conversation to be able to help people. So I really appreciate you spending your time. Um, I will throw a question out there. Herman and I have a disagreement. uh, And if you've watched this on on Monday Night Rips, 
you'll you'll 100% know what the question is, but I am of the mindset, and, and I'm actually changing this slightly, uh, and Herman hates it when I do this. I'm of the mindset that the flagship rookie card is the only true rookie card. Parallels, inserts, autographs, uh, all of those aren't true rookie cards, in my opinion. And I wanted to get your opinion. Does do inserts and do do inserts and all of that, the autographs and, and parallels, do they count as rookie cards or are, is it just the flagship? Well, if you're visiting my eBay account at HoosierCardCompany.com, all of those are rookies and you're welcome to buy any of them. But I don't know. I, I, I love I it. Think, that was great. I, that I, was awesome. I think – I think I think if I Topps rookie cards, I, I'm a big fan of those. I'll just say it that way. I, I think for me that is um the paramount. That is the one that I, I personally look for in terms of baseball. Um so I don't I don't want to get in the middle of your guys' argument, but that's what I look for when I build a when I build a collection. But I have no, plenty I of non base I have plenty of inserts that are that are available that are also rookies. So, but you know, I don't know. I mean, I think it, I think, I think, I think of sports cards this way. And I think, Hey, love them, hate them. I don't really care. I, I don't care. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this being the art world for a lot of people our age. I think it's right. I think if you, you know, why do people buy uh, Jackson Pollock's? Why do people buy this kind of work? Well, it's not because it's some fascinating piece that's, that's got the gotta have. It's because it appeals to people. People are attracted to it. So as I look down at my deck, I have this Raphael Devers card right in front of me. It's a beautiful card. To me, that's a rookie. That's a rookie card because I like that. Yeah. For my collection. Yeah, no, and so that's what this whole thing is about. It's about building collections, you know, for somebody. That card fits at a home somewhere, as you said. So if someone is attracted to that card, that can be their rookie card. No. Okay. That's I, that's a that's a – that's a great, great reply. I appreciate it. We started it one night, late night, when we were, we had a couple of uh, adult beverages and we were talking on StreamYard, just ragging on one another. And I said, forget it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it a topic. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think it's a great question. I, I really, I really do. But, um, but I think, I think the beautiful thing about the hobby, and we started this way and we can end this way, is that there's so many paths for so many people. And so whatever that you like, it's fine. I like tops. I think they're beautiful cards. I like prism. I like the mosaic cards that have recently been coming out for, for basketball and football. I like those. So that's what's important to me. So you do you, boo. You do you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Tribe, we really, I really appreciate, Derek, I really appreciate you You're jumping on and having a conversation with us. It was, it was just a wealth of knowledge for me. I, I, I so greatly appreciate it. Uh, we went over a lot of stuff. I'm sure both on both sides, we, we, yeah, we taught some, each other some things yeah. and hopefully the, the tribe will like it. So I really appreciate your time and appreciate you being on. I'll let you, uh, you, you did a plug for the eBay store, do the plug for everything else. Let everybody know <laughs> where they can reach out for you, please. Yeah, I was teasing about the eBay store. I want people to buy something that they like. I'm not going to push anybody. But if you, you know, my, my Twitter is at Hoosier Carb Co. Um, you know, I've had people reach out after I made that tweet about ideas. Nothing that I'm doing is proprietary. I want people to enjoy and be able to make the hobby. So if you have questions, if you, 
you know, what printer do you have? Things like that. Please reach out. I, I respond. Um, I just love to help people. And so if anybody has any questions, please feel free to reach out. And, you know, I just thank you, Brad, for the opportunity to be on here. I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And Tribe will be back for uh, some final thoughts. So that's it, man. That's that's how I do it. Is is try to try to Thanks, go to folks. that to that spot and end it. It's getting better. It was really awkward the first one, first one or two, but it's getting a little better. No, I thought that was good. I thought that was great. I appreciate it, man. That was real. I really enjoyed that. So thank you. No, it was it's, it's something that I'm passionate about. I knew that when you and I got on the phone together, that it would be it would be very beneficial to both sides and us ch- chatting. And I'm sure. What's going to happen is is that people that are new in the hobby are going to look, take a look at that and go, crap, this is gold. So yeah, well, uh, I'm, really and I'm happy it. to help anyway, man. And I, I just love to help people. You know, we we talked about Mike Summer a lot. I probably asked Mike 57 questions on Twitter when I got all this going, and he was responsive and helpful. And you know, you and I have talked, and so it's just I love it. I just I really am happy to help people. Now, the next podcast or the next one, I'm talking with Mike on Monday uh, to talk about how to sell face cards. It's literally yep. how to sell base cards. So it's, it's going to go, mm-hmm. I think, um, I can't remember if you're, if it's you and the Mike or Mike and then you, but it, they're going to be right back to back to one another. And it's going to awesome. be, a, it's going to be really, really cool. It's going to be really, really cool. Awesome. So, well, thanks really so much, Brad. I really guys. appreciate it. Oh my gosh. No, it's, it, it, please. Thank you. And, and, I I really appreciate your wife taking care of the kids while we while we do this. So what I said, thank you. I will do. Hey, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Sure thing. Have a great one. You too, sir. Bye. Bye. That was Derek Ringing. Uh, who's your card? Uh, great conversation. I hope you all enjoyed that. I absolutely enjoyed the conversation with him. Learned a lot. Hope you did too. Let's start off by Beckett's Sports Card Hot, January 29th, that last week, or this week, excuse me, no, last week. Uh, let's go with uh, Brady and Mahomes, of course, Durant, Tatis Jr., which is now card number one for the upcoming 2021 Series 1. Uh, that's coming out here next week, which is just uh, happier than a pig in slop. Got 2000 or 2020 Panini Contenders. Football, LeBron James, LeBron James, uh, 2021 Upper Deck Artifacts, Hockey, uh, Joel Embiid, Quentin Hughes, and any Young Guns for Hockey. And that's what's on the hot list for Beckett Sports Cards on January 29th. Uh, we got four releases next week, of course. Uh, 2021 Tops Baseball Series 1. And then... 2020 Upper Deck Marvel Ages, 2020 Donruss Optic Football, which is already out retail, and then Don, uh, 2020 Donruss Optic H2 Hobby Football, which is already out as well. So Top Series 1 checklist is out on the Tops website. For those of you who are buying your cases and boxes or getting into breaks, you can now Go out and look to see who is all out on the checklist. Allen and Ginter is due back in its new midsummer release, which is nice. July 14, 
the last year it came out in the fall, but this year it's back on its July, July, uh, midsummer release on July 14th. And yes, Herman, the sharks are back with the deep sea shiver. So those are back and uh, I know that he will be collecting those. Uh, Murad reimagining looks hot. It puts modern players in the old uh, T51 Murad format. Those look really, really nice. The set also has a cloth format numbered to 51. And of course, there are those rip cards, box loader, rip, box loader rips, artist originals, which are one or one. And then world leaders are back, plus a myriad of uh, autographs as well. If you didn't notice, Bernie, the Bernie print run, the Bernie meme print run for Tops Now was 91,169. That's an all-time high print run for Tops Now. It smoked the Fauci print run, which was 51,512. So that's just insane for all those particular cards. And it looks like June 24th, Topps 2021 Stadium Club's going to be due out. Blowout already had them out at $125 a box. $125 a box, initial opening for Stadium Club. That's a little ridiculous. But, again, full bleed, and the boxes will have uh, 16 packs with 8 cards per pack. The set looks absolutely hot. Each box will ha shall have... Uh, Two autographs and one chrome parallel, one triumphant insert, and one box topper. So I guess with the two autographs, they're expecting to be able to uh, have a $125 starting point. Uh, this is a 300-card base set with parallels, being red, black, blue numbered to 50, and black and white in the hobby only. And this is the 30th year of Stadium Club, so... I guess they are anticipating with the hobby being so high and with the uh, stat, the stadium club set being so popular and also being set builders and all that that entails, they can, uh, can uh, keep that 125 starting point. Well, first day, they also include first day issues limited to 10. They have a members only parallel, one per case. A, foot, a photographer's proof every other case and they have rainbow foil number two 101 for hobby only what's really nice is they've got chrome parallels refractor one every four boxes orange numbered to 99 pearl numbered to 30 gold minted one per case and then you've got a super refractor which is 101 in the hobby only Inserts are back, Stadium Club greats, virtual reality, superstar duos, and then Triumphrance is a three-player chrome interlocking red. That's one per case. They've got a black number to 99, an orange number to 50, and then a gold rainbow of one of one. And that's the, that's the trend. The trend is red, one in 10 cases, black number to 25 orange to number to 10 and then gold rainbow they've got the brown team back insert or instavision 10 player set is back uh, the on card autos are there so they're actually going to have on card autos there's red number to 50 black number to 25 rainbow number to 10 
and then gold are one of one. You also have chrome autos numbered to 10 with a one of one super refractor, which is nice. And then they each insert will have uh, autos where you got stadium club grapes numbered to 15, orange to five, and then gold one of one rainbow. Virtual reality will be autographs will be numbered to 10, orange to five, gold rainbow one of one. Beam team again numbered to 10 with orange of five and gold rainbow one of one. And then they have a sports star duo autographs numbered to 10 with one of one gold. No orange included in that one. And the one that I'm really interested to see is they've got a Lone Star Signatures, which is numbered to 25, uh, orange numbered to five, and gold rainbow 101. I'm interested to see the checklist to see who they consider Lone Star Signatures. And then 50 cards uh, will have box, cop box toppers. And then they have auto versions of that card number to 10. So the box, even the box toppers will now have autographs. And they will, if I remember right, they'll also have chrome versions of those box toppers as well. So that'll be pretty interesting. We've got the Tops Home Run Challenge this year. This is the fourth year. These are in uh, Series 1 and Series 2 of Tops uh, base, Baseball Series 1 and Series 2 2021. I wasn't going to mention these, but this, this year... I did a little bit of digging into this. This sounds kind of an interesting little like twist on the hobby. So they're insert cards and they're and the home run challenge is by player, not team. So if somebody gets traded, you can still use that particular player. They're inserted in again into 2021 series one and series two, but there's 30 different players. And the idea is to predict, predict the day the player will hit a home run. So you go online, enter in the code, and you can pick a day. There's going to be 30, car 30 player cards. Uh, if you guess the day he goes yard, you'll get a parallel uh, that is not in packs. And can you say these parallels are going to be very, very low print runs? So you can, if you guess right, you get a really, really special parallel. If you get wrong, guess wrong, then you at least get the card you know, insert, albeit with the code scratched off, but you get a nice little insert if you guess right. Restless Craft Breakers is breaking 24 cases of top series one for a 24-hour break period on YouTube with trivia contests, prize giveaways. They're doing full case teams on eBay. I've been trying to jump in on this and the, the prices are just getting ridiculous but for a full team for 24 a full case 24 cases i mean i'm just trying to find find a, a get in or if i can find the price that's i'm not risk adverse to and if i do i'll be able to uh snag that now I'll, I'll keep you updated as to how that goes we've still got a couple of days left by the time we do the next uh podcast i will be able to tell you if i was able to get into a break or not so there's a rare Bobby Orr PSA 10 rookie card that's about to go on sale. Uh, the owner hopes it will pass the 1 million mark to be the most expensive hockey card sold, passing the Wayne Gretzky rookie card that sold for 1.2 million. 
He says it's in perfect condition and it's the only one in existence. Now, there's only one of one on the pop report. Now, whether or not it's the only one in existence, that's still being uh, checked out. Who knows if it's the right way or if it is the perfect card or if it is, you know, uh, a pop one, true pop one, you know, but he's going to try to put this thing up to sell. I've seen estimates as high as like a 1.5 to 1.6 and as high as 1.8 to be able to get this Bobby or PSA 10. More news on that as it, as it comes available. For you, Bo, some WWE talk. Looks like WWE living set is going to stay. Two cards per week uh, offered on, of course, in the artistic approach. With number one being Stone Cold Steve Austin, baby. You can find it on eBay for pre-sale already for five and a quarter to ten dollars. So if you want to get in and jump in on some wrestling, living one of one, you can get there. Not one of one, excuse me. Card number one, Stone Cold Steve Austin, about five and a quarter to ten and ten will get you that card. So on Thursday, Panini released National Treasures Blockchain. This was Legends and Future Stars with autographs on card and memorabilia. Uh, purchased through Dutch Auction. This gave you, that gave you a code. So when you won, it would allow you to receive the card free with purchase. Uh, considering the average price of these cards was about 100 k and the price will end in the thousands of it, I'm out. <laughs> but it's also really nice of them to send you the card uh, to uh, uh, to uh, send it to you if you spend, you know, a couple hundred thousand. So uh, as well, I like the player choice. It did have two of all of my all-time favorites, plus a Pete Alonzo, one of one still available. They had names like Perry Sanders, Charles Barkley, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Jason Dominguez, KJ Hammer, Aaron Rodgers. All of those were still available and sold so far was Zion, Tyler, Hero, Corby White, or Kobe White, excuse me, Trey Young, Tua, Joe Burrow, um, Mark McGuire, Bat, Roger Maris, Batnob. And then there was a steal. There was a Ricky Carr Greats dual memorabilia autograph, 4 of 10. And then you had an A-Rod that sold for five bucks. How that happened, I don't have a clue, but it did happen. So that's the news and notes. I apologize for the podcast being late, but uh, better than better late than never. Uh, I will be missing podcasts next week due to Series 1 coming out. Um, spending next week getting ready, getting ready for Series 1 and having Series 1 put up as fast as I can. Plus, maybe watching that break. Uh, we'll skip next week, and then the week after is going to be my conversation with uh, the great uh, Mike and uh, Wax Pack Hero Mike, and we'll uh, we'll release that. We already had that conversation. If you have any topics that you'd like me to cover, or if there's anything you wanted me to talk about, then let me know. I'll be more than happy to uh, do some research, or if you wanted to be interviewed and have uh, have a talk and have our conversation on. Uh, the podcast please let me know follow me on at texas card dude on linkedin or excuse me on uh, facebook twitter 
Uh, I'm not on any any other platforms. I am on LinkedIn, but uh, I'm trying to stay completely on Facebook and Twitter just to keep my focus. Uh, that's what we've got this week. I hope you enjoyed the news and notes and the conversation with Derek Hujicard. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, support your local LCS. Oh, and I need to remind you about my Monday night show, or excuse me, Monday night rips and hobby talk with Herman. And of course, the Monday, the weekday morning shows that you can find me on YouTube, Card Time with Texas Card Dude. Uh, that's all I've got so far. I appreciate your support, and y'all have a fantastic weekend, and uh, God bless. <laughs>